You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire basketball podcast edition. This is your. I was going to say blitz, but that's football. Full court, full court price. You'll be, you'll be getting a lot of these over the next uh, week or two because um, stuff gets in the way. Stuff happens. But myself, Jeremy Moss, Eli Betker, MWR.com, Facebook, Mountain West Wire, MWC. Don't forget to see on Twitter, MWC Wire. We passed 1,000 followers on, on Twitter, so that's always a positive. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we don't go back under, though, right? Uh, let me check really quick at this day. We are 1,001 as of recording on Sunday. Um Whatever today is, October 20th, 22nd? 22nd, thanks. 22nd, so, yeah. Sure, late October. So that's when we're recording this. <laughs> After media day, um, practices are sort of starting, getting underway for the Lobos. So let's get going here. Let's uh, start how we do most. Um, do you have the coaching rankings in front of you of where the Lobos, um, where you put um, new head coach Paul Weir there? Uh, I don't, but I think I put him eighth, I want to say. I can pull up real quick. I do remember, as we had many podcasts before about this, this is one of the most uh, unique uh, coaching searches in a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a strange one for sure. It went super quick. Or not super quick, but it started on a, what, Final Four weekend, essentially, late, late. That basically is the deadline to be able to fire him without the uh, contract rolling over for the new fiscal year to owe him a lot more money. All right, I got the coaching rankings here. But, like, Jeff Graham reported – Final Four doing meetings. You thought it'd be um, I forget. Do you even remember who the other candidates really were? Yeah, they had Joe Dooley from Florida oh, Florida, Gulf Coast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Scott Cross from UT Arlington. That's right. And yeah. they had um, oh I forget it. The San San Antonio Spurs assistant. I'm blanking on his yeah. last name right now. It was a Hispanic guy. I want to say. I don't recall. Okay. Uh, the, I, right. Yeah, San Antonio Spurs assistant. It ended up being Paul Ware. Just because, yep. why not? Down the road, take him. Um, second straight year Mountain West coach has taken uh, guys from the WAC. Uh, he actually put him. He actually put him sixth. Sixth, okay. Yeah, because you put um, it's a slight miracle that ex Lobo or ex Aggies coach Paul Ware even ended up in Albuquerque after athletic uh, director Paul Krebs, now former, seemed like it. It's Steve Forbes, <laughs> East Tennessee State. Uh, Scott Cross. Here it is, James Borrego, the Spurs assistant. Oh, that's right. Yep. And then Weir's name came out of uh, literally nowhere to uh, be the head coach. So if it's, it's that's be, familiar, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You almost the UNLV situation. So new head coach, this team might have a UNLV type season last year because not because the talent's not there, but how many new players are coming in who they lost and they might challenge air force for the bottom. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. I think the more I've looked at their roster and kind of what's going on in the program, I get a little bit better feeling about them. In early spring, I had them pegged as the dead last team in the conference at number 11. But And we'll, we'll save the final finishes for last, but I think that they're slightly better than that. I think next season they'll definitely take a sizable leap. I'll have a piece on New Mexico coming out later this week or whenever you might hear this podcast. You'll probably see it. But I, it's Paul Weir and his staff with Brandon Mason, he's an assistant coach with them, they're pulling in some talent after the 
mass exodus that was March and April of 2017 for New Mexico where they lost seemingly their entire roster. Yeah, they, a couple guys that could, did, like uh, Sam Logwood, who was going to transfer, decided to stay. They get in a, they bring in guys like the Akron grad transfers, Antonio Jackson. They still have Dane uh, Cooper, Cooper. Sure. I think it's Kuiper. Kuiper. K U I P E R Kuiper. Sure, Kuiper. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the two, and the two biggest losses, obviously Elijah Brown, who's up at Oregon now, almost twenty points a game. Who, like we said, the uh, AI of uh, college basketball, ten for forty. That's right. <laughs> Something yeah. like that, ten for twenty-eight, and then uh, Tim Williams has graduated. So right there, that's thirty, um, thirty-eight points per game they're missing. Um, they're not going to make that up, are they? No, they're not going to make that up. But obviously, when you plug new guys in there, they'll manufacture some points. I think that Antino Jackson's a huge pickup for them. He'll start at the guard spot for this team, and he'll he'll be there for a season. He was a quality player with Akron. And Chris McNeil is another nice player in the backcourt. He's a JUCO transfer. So they do have some decent guys. The overall talent isn't that great. Uh, like I said, next season will be better. They have Vance Jackson coming in, Jaquan Lyle. Those are both power conference double-digit scoring transfers. So 2018-2019 will be a better season for them. As far as this year is concerned, they'll be probably near the end of the pack. Okay, I'm going to break up what we're doing really quick because we're going to talk about exhibitions and stuff. And uh, the Hurricane Relief Games. The Rams have one, don't they? Is that correct? Northern Colorado? The The Rams are uh, New Mexico. Oh, sorry. Oh, geez. We just talked about the Rams. I'm sorry. Um, Lobos. They got BYU. That's right. Sorry. I, yeah. We mm-hmm. just recorded the Rams show like minutes before. <laughs> and I'll pull up Twitter really quick because, yeah, we'll, we'll hop in that real quick. We'll bounce around because that's what we do. Yeah. Because uh, off topic, hashtag, whatever you want to call it. But they play BYU, which is pretty cool. Dave Rice. Or, oh, jeez. <laughs> Dave Rose, excuse it's me. All, it's all coming together. <laughs> Dave Rice, Dave Rose. They, I got those guys mixed up even years ago. But no, you got BYU going to, uh, is it technically still Dream Style Arena? Yep, unfortunately. The, the pit, you mean, right? That was, that's where we playing this thing. So I brought yeah. this up because it's a good cause. If you're in the, in the area, it's a good game because these teams used to be rivals. There was that Jimmer game put up 50 points versus the Lobos in the Mountain West Tournament, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Go event Jack, current Lobo, should know nothing about it. Go do that. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I brought that up, because it's a good cause, It's um, is there a specific hurricane or is it just kind of a general? I think it's for Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, okay. So really quick, I brought this up because I was looking on Twitter real quick. You know Missouri-Kansas had a, a game today, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a guess? Because actually, most of these aren't on TV, which you would think they would do that, even pay-per-view, which is what this game did. Do you know the amount of money raised at the moment between before concessions or whatever else they're including? This is just strictly tickets and pay-per-view. Would you like I have to, no idea. Would you like to take a guess? Uh, no, because it would be brutally wrong. Nearly two and a half so, million dollars. Dang. So I don't know how much from ticket, one game. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, I'm not sure how much it was for pay-per-view or tickets because I think the Nevada game is what five dollars or something. Something like that. Almost all of the Mountain West games are either five or ten bucks a piece. So a yeah, reasonable price. They're not on TV. They're on radio, I believe. But you would think, why not? I don't know how much you get for pay per view and TV, but why not stick them on TV and twenty bucks or something? What would, you, what would you pay? Would you pay twenty bucks to watch New Mexico BYU? You know, if it's going to a good cause, yeah, of course. And all these games are going to be competitive. They've got some solid uh, opponents that the Mountain West teams are playing. So. I mean, there's really no better reason to tune in and, and watch and support your new players and returning players for your teams because it, you'll see quality basketball. You get your first new look at these players, and 
overall, you probably get a nice nice game against a good team. Yeah, most of these are good teams. And really quick, I I scrolled down a bit far further on this. Um, seven hundred twenty five thousand for pay per view subscriptions. One point seven five um, headed into the game. So that's awesome. That's great. That's yeah. great. So if you don't want to give five bucks Red Cross, go to New Mexico. Go to New Me- to Nevada's game. Go to or how many teams are doing? Well, by the time you hear this, it's going to be over. But crap, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you're able to do that, we love it. It's awesome you did so. But there's enough teams, so if you're able to support that, that's great. But I step and see that, so it's a good way to do it. And, and this every year, like this is our, I guess, mini off-topic portion of the show. Like everyone will have. <laughs> there's what six teams doing this. Uh, we have five so far from Mountain five. West, and they're all playing good teams. Like, yeah, isn't Grand Canyon playing Nevada? We got New Mexico, BYU, CSU, uh, Northern Colorado. We said San Diego State, yep, USC, and Fresno, Fresno State, St. Mary's. Yeah. So what? So this is a new rule that wouldn't affect this season. Yeah, it's it just was passed by the NCAA a few weeks ago and allows these teams to schedule one exhibition game before the season starts and have the proceeds go to charitable causes. And I think it's perfect because. Coaches obviously won't pass down an opportunity to have game-like simulated practice against other quality teams, and obviously everyone will be on board with donating money to these causes that will help those in need. So it's a it's a great thing all around. They should do this every year. 12 games, 12 teams, why not? Or 11 teams in our conference, why not do it every year? I don't know what the future plans of it are, but I don't see why not. I mean, it's a good cause, and obviously it doesn't always need to... You don't need a disaster to to help other people out. So if you you can yeah. schedule one of these exhibitions every year for your teams, and I think it's a good thing for the, the NCAA and college basketball in general. Yeah, if you can do it, it's like, like you, say, you don't have to do it toward, it could be toward anything. Like there's always Alzheimer's, breast cancer, whatever you want to, diabetes or something. There's always a million things. You could, what's it, what's the rule against helping out your own school for scholarship fund or something? You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. There's probably rules in place of what you can or can't do because, you know, NCAA and all that fun stuff. Right. They're kind of picky sometimes, but and you're playing good teams, so maybe do it every other year. I get not every year. Maybe actually, maybe well, I get why they do those kind of quiet scrimmages because it's more of a it's not a real game scenario where it's like maybe more coaching hands on. These are actual games because I don't for me I wouldn't want to pay to watch a practice because I've seen too many of those and they're not all that fun. But <laughs> why not? I get that, but every other year do something like this. Why not? This seems like a good cause to whatever cause may be. It's going to be fine. And for the record, it is Dream Style Arena. They need that. They need that sponsorship money, folks. We're lacking Wise Pies Arena and Nick Duncan this season. It's gonna be a long year. Let's just call it the pit. That's all we gotta do. The pit, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so back, it'll work. Let's get back. Let's get back to specific Lobo stuff here. Yes. Let's start. I closing these other tabs I had before. Close <laughs> and close because I sorry. So let's go to the media poll really quick. Lobos. Um, also, I'm gonna go off topic again. Did you see the images they provided for a media day? The graffiti style. Uh, is like the, oh, yeah, that was – and, you know, I was trying to type up an article early morning on the results of the polls and whatnot, and they hadn't even gift form, so I kept on having to <laughs> scroll through it because the teams would go from 11th up to 1st, so it would I had to go through like four times just to write all the teams down and the number of votes. So, yeah, that was a bit of a challenge. And it's also not clear to read. It's like something no. from the early 90s. Like, yeah, the the overall production of the Mountain West Media Day this year, Jenga. Like, I don't want to. I I don't want to harp on anyone, but they can do a lot better than what they did this season. Unfortunately, guys, if you play games and stuff, you got to make them quick. You can't play a twenty minute game of Jenga. 
or whatever it was. You know the, what I mean? The Sangfelder and Hutchison were were uh, on camera for about forty five minutes playing board games. It's like I get that's kind of unique, but do like five minutes at most. Do something. <sighs> yeah. Do the Snapchat game or those quick games that they did for football the past couple years. Like, come on, do something that's uh, good, fun. But they, they're predicted to finish uh, – is ninth too high <laughs> for the Lobos? I don't think so. I don't think so. And they're distant from – like the point total, you have Utah State 8 at 102. New Mexico's pretty close at 93. But then you got San Jose State 41, Air Force 38. Is it just because Lobos have a few key players back? Because since Brandon Clark left San Jose State and Air Force just has a bunch of dudes? Yeah, I'd be really curious where San Jose State would be pegged if it weren't for Brandon Clark leaving – because they only have three more votes than Air Force, and I, I and a few others thought San Jose State could be a legitimate dark horse if they would have held on to Brandon Clark and Dave Wojcik, but they're in 10th, and New Mexico's a solid 52 votes ahead of them. So they're kind of with the Utah State-Wyoming pack, which is a bit surprising because I think Wyoming's significantly better than New Mexico, but and that's sort of, how the voting sorted out. And sort of UNLV because they're only at 138. True. Within striking distance, so... Rebel fans, <laughs> true hurts, right? Oh man, we'll, we'll get we'll get that, to the... that podcast is gonna oh, be rough. <laughs> it's gonna be more than thirty minutes. I'm telling you that. Oh <laughs> man, it's gonna be exciting. That's what it's gonna be. A lot yeah. of yelling, a lot of shut up. <laughs> You're an idiot. But uh, <laughs> all right, so um, back to Lobos here, really quick. Like so, since they're losing like Brown and the other and Tim Williams, who's gonna be the guy? Sam Logwood only averaged like what eight points a game last year. Who's like yeah, going to be, be the, the man for this team? Well, I think Logwood's never been a huge numbers guy. He's not filling up box scores necessarily, but he'll probably have to be the leader of this team. And you can also count on Dean Kuyper. Those will be the two main returning guys for this roster. I think Antino Jackson's probably their number one scoring outlet. I've seen some good things about him. Obviously, I don't know what this rotation's going to look like because things have been pretty hush-hush for the most part. And you really have a number of players that you can thrust into the lineup in really in countless ways. So I think Antino Jackson is probably the number one scoring outlet. He had 8.8 points per game in his last season with Akron. So that's a decent option. And I think Dane Kuyper and Logwood probably could score around 10 points per game. They'll, they might finish a bit under that, maybe 9 points, but those will probably be the top three guys. So can those top three guys like keep up with other top guys from like what Fresno, Wyoming, Boise? No, 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 no. Not, oh, that's no. a quick no there. I, <laughs> no, I, well, Fresno. First off, Fresno's got four returning guys that average, I think, at least twelve points per game. So that's that's a no go. I think Wyoming Justin James is a much better scorer than anyone on this roster. Utah State and Kobe McEwen and Sam Merrill; those are two legitimate double digit scoring options. So, I mean, New Mexico will end up with guys in double figures just because. Well, they're a basketball team that's playing a 40-minute game, so that's going to happen. But overall, the scoring's probably going to be fairly balanced. They're not going to rely on one guy because there isn't a star offensive scorer on this team. And we can probably expect a lean score to finish maybe 11, 12 points per game. All right, really quick, I'm checking out a few transfers that are coming in. I'm assuming these guys are still accurate. Tell me if, if I'm not. They brought in um, Vance Jackson. From yeah, he's sitting out this year. Okay, mm-hmm. that's right. He's out this year. Okay. And then, is this guy eligible right away? The um, Australian, uh, I guess you could call him wing, Makuch uh, Mel- Meluch? Uh, Makuch Meluch? 
Yeah, he's he's eligible. I don't know how much he's going to play, but I, that's a fun name, isn't it? We're gonna have to learn how to pronounce that one. Yeah, it's M A K. He is listed on the roster, though. Yeah, real quick, M A K U A C H. So Makic, Makic, Makic. I'll go Makic, and then Makic, Makic Malic. It's it's spelled the same exact way, both first and last name, except for instead of a K, it's an L. Makic Malic. That's fun. There we go. He'll get the nickname Eminem. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be coming as soon as he hits a big three yes. or something. He's going to be called the Eminem. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. So <laughs> let's start the trend now. Eminems. We'll call him the Eminem. Yep. So that, I guess we'll go with that to make it simple. We're I, I doubt we're the first one to say it, but we're going to say we are just because that's what we do. Um, he's mm-hmm. a big guy, six eleven on the junior national team of Australia. I mean, we've seen a lot of players come from Australia, like what, Andrew Bogut. Um, 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 Del isn't Del Delova for on the is he still in Cleveland? He's from Australia, correct? He was at um, yeah. I, I, I'm Greece. not sure which team he's on now. I, I he think he's on, on Milwaukee, but who whatever. knows? There's been a lot of guys from I know Bogut because because he's one of the first guys that came over. But there's been plenty of guys. Nick Duncan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nick, why did how did I not think of him first? Come on, jeez. <laughs> uh, I feel I'm I'm slipping. Um, also got like Dante Exum, those type of guys straight to NBA. Mm-hmm. But getting guys from there, maybe that could be a. Who knows? Because some of these guys you've never seen before, he could start off hot and do something special. I don't know how much time he'll see, but it's interesting that he's a one. One cool note: I'm just reading everything here, so you probably saw this already. Six five, great. His wingspan's nearly seven feet long. Yeesh, man! What is his like arms flow down to his kneecaps or something like that? Shins, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going deeper, that's crazy. Deep in this, so that that could be an interesting addition when he's if he's going to bring the ball up as a guard. Or shooting guard, so watch. It probably mean he'll be. Assume he's a pretty good defender. At least just take a step back and play zone or shadow off a guy and still get a hand in his face, which could be a big deal. If you're playing against teams that have like a download presence, you got to kind of go back and forth when you're dropping or not or pressing. So that could be interesting. No, I don't know his stats or anything, but why not bring a big a guy like that? He's on a junior national team for any country. I don't care what country. That means he's pretty good. That's what what's junior national twenty under? I think I'm thinking right. I think so. 19 under, 20 under? Because that's where Brandon McCoy was at. He's on the under-19 team. I don't know if yeah. that's considered junior national or whatever, but something in that range. So maybe he's going to be um, a – he's not the – clearly wasn't listed newcomer of the year. That was – um, who was – freshman year McCoy. Newcomer was one of the guys from the Wolfpack, right, on NC State. Yeah, Caleb the, Martin. Caleb, one of the Martin guys, yeah. So mm-hmm. just a guy to look out for, I guess. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, what, what Paul Weir will probably do in this first season – uh, he has pretty solid expectations for this team, and he mentioned that after he saw Athlon and Lindy's, what their projections were, he he said he wasn't so sure about his roster, but there'll be a lot of mixing and matching with this year's rotation. I think it's going to be good for this team to see a lot of playing time out of different guys because the roster is still relatively young and inexperienced, and if you can build forward for the next one, two, three years, I think that's probably the goal of this team. And I think we'll just have to wait and see because I think next year's team is going to be pretty solid with their their two incoming transfers. And as long as they don't lose a number of guys in the offseason, it should be a decent team. Yeah, also really quick, their close scrimmage was Northern Arizona, which was played at Flagstaff out there. And really quick, I'm just, just going to kind of flip around here and discuss everything, these players and teams. Season tickets are down a little bit, seventy three ninety five as of earlier this week. Last year, 8800 was their season low. I'm expecting that to continue. And so I clicked on the wrong link here. I wanted to see what Jeff Grammer picked. Here it is. He picked the order of finish. Do you know where he picked uh, New Mexico? I, mean, I did read it. I think it was seventh. Yeah, he picked the Lobo seventh. And then 
no Lobo player anywhere else on like preseason newcomer. He did. What an interesting note. His newcomer of the year, as we just mentioned, he went with Shakur Justin of UNLV. Okay. Is that the yeah, Milwaukee transfer, right? Uh, he, no, he's a Juco transfer. Oh, Juco. Oh, he's a Juco player mm-hmm. of the year, I believe, right? Yep. So there's just kind of how the local guys picked. He went Nevada number one, of course. So he's not the guy who picked UNLV first, which I'm pretty sure who we know that is, and we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> so let's get to the schedule here. Lobos always have a the biggest game of the schedule. Finally, it's finally happening after years and years because of Lute Olson perceiving disrespect <laughs> about a decade ago. He, I um, still don't know that whole story to be honest. I've read about something about a. I wish I looked it up some handshake or walking off the court or something. We'll never play them again. And Lute Olson has passed, correct? Uh, yes, okay. I believe so. <laughs> it's kind of awkward to say, is he here or not here? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, he's not. He, nope. He's not? Lute is still kicking. Oh, he is? He's 83 years old. Wikipedia failed. 83, me. yep. All right. So he's still, okay, good job. Wonder, Alive and well. Is it, Okay, next question. Is he going to be at this game? <laughs> Oof. That could make things interesting. Because that game is, it, well, it's probably not because it's in Albuquerque. That's just a short trek. It is not very far. But that, like, Lobo is one of those teams that always have a good schedule. So they have, t- um, really quick, um, exhibition games, obviously BYU, Northern New Mexico. They got open up Nebraska, Omaha, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Come on. I guess yeah, North, North, no, Northern New Mexico is a game. Sorry, that is an actual game. That's November 11th. So they got the Aggies, the home and home. That's a weird dynamic, but it's always a good game. So they also have uh, Tennessee Tech, whatever. Come on. TCU, or what were they predicting the Big 12? Were they predicted fifth, I think? I, th- I thought they were thought they were third, honestly. They Either third or fourth. Maybe that's John Rothstein who picked them up uh, fifth during the offseason. We discussed it. Cause they also They've got played, a good team. Yeah, they also played – they played Nevada as well, right? Yes. Or is that, okay, yeah. Uh, let's look here really quick. Uh, this is exciting. But they're, it's, it's a good opponent on their team. We'll get back to this later. We'll find it. They also have the uh, coveted – Anticipated game, Evansville, Missouri Valley Challenge. <laughs> Yippee! That should be a that should be a winnable one. I don't think Evansville is that great this year. The next two games on the road at UTEP at Colorado. Those will be two challenging games. Who's UTEP's coach? Is it still Tim Floyd? Yes, mm-hmm. he's still, he's still <laughs> for he's the still time being. <laughs> yeah, because they're he's still hanging on. He was still there. I'm trying to check. So, oh, I can't find here. Whatever. But TC supposed to be pretty good. We'll we'll move on. We'll move along from that. So. They got UTEP. Is it? And it also, this is a big deal. These team, two teams, haven't played forever. Also, because I remember years ago in the old whack, and I guess they were never in the Mountain West. But people, anytime you play, like even when University of Utah was really good, with Rick Majerus going to the Final Four, guys like um, who they have on their teams, Andre Miller, Keith Van Horn, Michael Dolak, those guys who are really good. No matter how, how high you're ranked, you're hoping to go one and one when you play New Mexico and UTEP on the road. <laughs> Because it's such a unique road trip. They're always really good teams to play. So, got UTEP on the schedule. Colorado. Like, look at their home schedule, man. Why are season tickets terrible? Why, what are you talking? You telling me they're terrible? You got BYU. Pay 10 bucks to get in. I just saw that. You got New Mexico State. You got Arizona. You have... Oh, okay, maybe not. Evansville come to town. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that Arizona game has some intrigue. The New Mexico State game is going to be interesting. Especially the one... In Las Cruces, that's going to be, oh man, yeah. Paul Weir is he's got uh, he's got another thing coming. Yeah, and uh, we'll see because there's also didn't he bring to light? I think I saw recently about something some I could some financial because 
if you haven't been paying attention, there's been some financial stuff going on within the uh, Lobos athletic department. The was the trip to uh, Scotland or the UK for a golfing <laughs> trip where spend time with the AD oh, where you some people paid, some people didn't pay. Then there's a guy from the uh, NM Fishbowl who there are people within the athletic department of New Mexico say he's full of crap. Not not gonna say who. Yeah, there are some legitimate question marks. In there for however, sure. however, they there's New York, did you see the New York Times article about him? A feature about him? I don't think so. They talked about his website, and I'm pretty sure if you are at least um, somewhat right, they're not gonna chat about you about this to a pretty big publication for a website mm-hmm. that's uh, pretty minor in the grand scheme of themes. So, me and Matt discussed this on football, but. Go check out mwfishbowl.com because there's some interesting stuff over there. And most of it's football hmm. side. But then there's, like, basketball. Like, we, we've talked about it. TV stations talked about it, about the trip overseas. And Paul Krebs, um, using air quotes here, retired or resigned end of June. There's been talk about, like, the athletic department being need, needing $4 million to pay the light bill, electricity. Oh. And so there's yeah. – I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm not harping on, but there's stuff out there that's been confirmed by that guy. So it's – there's stuff going on, so they need people to go to these season, get season tickets to help the money out to uh, keep the program going. Not that it's danger of any closing, but there's there's some stuff going on. So that's well, cool. while we're on this uh, this sort of tone and topic, what you uh, next? did you <laughs> did you see um, Coach Larry Eustachie's comments about Paul Weir and his financial standing about New Mexico? Did you see that from Mountain West Media Day? I missed that one. What happened? Uh, Larry Eustachie, uh quite forcefully said that, and you can you can find this because Jeff Grammer and Sam Vecini and a few of those guys were there and reporting on it. Eustachie pretty much called New Mexico job the worst in the country, and he said that Why? Uh, Paul Paul he said Paul Weir he said something like, "There's no reason why Paul Weir should be paid. I think it's six hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, something like that, to coach at a place like New Mexico." But yeah, Eustachie said that. Uh, Paul Weir's got the worst job in the country. So, um, does you Stacy know the Lobos program is better than Rams for about the past fifty years? <laughs> Oof! <laughs> I'm like, I'm not right. Come on. Yeah. What are the, I, I what mean, are the Rams done? What have the Rams done lately? Okay, here's the direct quote from Eustachie. I think he's got the worst job in the country. I just told him that it doesn't pay enough. If I got paid five million dollars, I'd take all that crap you, that you get in Albuquerque. But he doesn't make enough money. But that place is different, as you know. It's a different beast. So he's referring also. Okay, this reminds me of something else. You know who used to be the head coach of the Lobos? Dave, Steve Alford? Dave Bliss. Oh, right. And he mentioned something about being. That's where. Okay, th- I bring that up because in that same New York Times article about the uh, guy, was it Dave Libet, I think his name is, from the NM Fishbowl. The reason he has that website name because Dave Bliss felt it was too much of a fishbowl because everybody's watching you. Um, mm. I get the Lobos program is pretty popular. Maybe maybe he's meaning more fan base and media because there's a, what just a one paper, a couple of whatever TV stations in town. So like media perspective, there's not a lot. But fan, maybe he's kind of joking off of that. I don't know. But if you got five million bucks, you you tell me Stacey wouldn't go to New Mexico for five million bucks? Yes, he would. Come on. Of course, of course he would. Any that would pay outside of like Bill Self, um, those type of jobs, Kansas, UNC. Not many jobs pay five million bucks in college hoops. Is is anyone being paid five million dollars a year? I'm gonna look up the USA Today's thing real quick. Um, but what they think prompt that conversation about why he mentioned that? Um, 
I don't really, th- I don't really think so. It was just mentioned at Mountain West Media Day, and, and Grammar mentioned it. But it, I mean, just when you welcome in a new coach, I guess there, there are always questions that people ask about, like, why'd you take this job? What do you expect is going to happen? So the financial stuff is kind of interesting to hear because he, uh, Scott Phillips from NBC Sports, he wrote a wrote a post about it, and he said he's mentioned Steve Alford and because uh, he used to coach in Mexico before he signed with. UCLA and he's making uh I'm, oh I guess it doesn't say in here but he signed a 10-year sheet with New Mexico for 1.8 million dollars a year and that's before he ditched for UCLA and Paul Weir's making a third of that about what a little over a third of that right now yeah Alfred really quick 2.6 UCLA right UCLA right now okay yeah. and as for your other question this these are from NCAA tournament team so it doesn't have everybody so obviously Rick Pitino is no longer at Louisville, but he was getting seven point seven, and then you got Calipari seven point one, uh, Coach K Shushetsky five point five, and then um, oh wait, why is Patino on here twice? That's weird. Um, maybe that's over. Oh, to- sorry, total. It's a bad pay. omen. No, 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 total pay. Sorry, I went by school pay, not total pay. So okay. Ka- Coach Cal gets seven point four, Coach K five point five, Cell uh, four point nine. So he'd be the fourth highest coach. You're telling me you want to take five million bucks to coach in New Mexico? Come on. There's only four other coaches getting it. Now technically three because uh, Patino's gone with Kaz and him being – whatever he's doing now, he should just stop it. It's like no need to fight. Come on. Yeah. Just whatever. But I, that's, Yeah, that's, that's another yeah, – okay, if seemingly any coach in the country would take $5 million to coach anywhere. So it's it's odd comment. I, I'm, he's just obviously overblown by Eustachy, but the situation that Paul Weir's in right now, he's – Whoa, he's not making that much money. Uh, he's got a legitimate rebuilding project ahead of him. The New Mexico fans are known to be... Um, they are, yeah. Intense. I, They're intense. They're maybe a little bit impatient. Some of them are borderline controversial, as we've seen. So he's got his work cut out for him, and I think he's going to do fine. I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe under the new AD, things change, but... At least under Paul Krebs, he made some, I would say, silly decisions offering that major conference contract extension and noodles after one successful season with Alford's inherited roster. I thought that was pretty bizarre, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's like I, maybe he's making a joke, but I, I don't, I don't know. It's whatever. It there, I mean, there's no way New Mexico is the worst job in the country. That's 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 just it's not honestly, true. I get but, here's I think we're getting at because. Okay, look at who the coaching candidates were. No, people weren't crawling over to get this job. And had they not gone within to get um, noodles before after Alfred left, because Alfred, like I said, was getting what one? You said one point seven million or something like that. He signed a ten-year offer for one point eight a year before he left for UCLA. So, had they gone outside of the of the family there to get a coach, a new coach, a couple years ago? They clearly would have gotten a better coach, but when you're not very good and your coach and you, there's a difference between losing a coach who builds a program up and then takes a bigger job, like a step, not a stepping stone, but just a step up in job. Mm-hmm. Not saying the Lobo's job is something people won't be there for a while, but it's like you get better. He moved. The reason they had a new coach because Alfred got rewarded. It's not like now where Noodles left because they were bad. That's two different ways to get a coach in because coach, yep. coach leaving. Okay, this team won 20 plus games. And say tournament, they're winning conference titles. Coach moves on to UCLA. Okay, great, fine. But then, 
you could get better coaches. But now your coach is losing, losing record, not doing well. Who are you going to get? I don't care if you're – even if you're like Arizona or USC, look who they went for. They went for Andy Enfield. Is that mm-hmm. tell me that's a, when they were down? Like I get that's a big jump from him from Florida Gulf Coast there a couple years ago, but you see the same thing. USC was down. Who would they get? They couldn't get who they wanted essentially. Like they couldn't get the big name coach. You're not going to lure guys from North Carolina, Kansas, whoever was down the street, UCLA, or anybody, any good coach out west. Sean Miller, he wasn't going to go. Even Archie Miller probably wasn't going to go from Dayton to take USC job. Or no. who knows? But it's like, but that's my scenario where it's coming out to me where. Yeah, the guys from Scott Cross or the Spurs' assistant, that's the best they could do at the time because the program was honestly down. And so maybe he's right. You stay a little bit saying it's a tough job because there's a lot of pressure from fans and boosters and crap. On the flip side, people are saying that Paul Weir is probably a bargain for the contract that he has because a lot of people think he's got a lot ahead of him. He's only 38 years old. He's a young coach, and he's pretty widely respected among head coaching circles. So... Uh, if anything, it's probably a decent contract that they have if you're from a New Mexico perspective. And obviously, Paul Weir's not going to comment on that in depth. He's not going to say that he's underpaid when he hasn't even coached the game yet. Laugh it off, probably. Obviously, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, you can avoid those types of questions. And time will tell whether this contract's good or whether Weir's a good fit. But like you said, for the potential, I guess, potential options that New Mexico had, Paul Weir's just about as good as they could do. And one other thing to consider, um, oh, we're at 33 minutes. That's good. Excellent. Good work, us. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing to consider. New head coach, okay, there's concern. He's only been the head coach one time ever. His first time he's a head coach, taking over from Marvin Menzies at New Mexico State, school record and wins. So he also has that experience of taking over a new, even though it's within, but he's taken over a departing head coach. So he's had someone of that experience. Yeah, that, see, that's what concerns me, though, because uh, I think I wrote this in a post. I think it was on that same head coaching post that I ranked all the coaches, is that New Mexico offered that big extension to Craig Neal after he had that first successful season with New Mexico after he inherited all those quality players that Steve Alford brought in. And that's almost exactly what Paul Weir did this past season with New Mexico State, his first year as head coach in Las Cruces with Marvin Menzies is recruits and his players. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of coaches that, and I, and I know talent doesn't always win games. You need quality coaches. You need chemistry. But if you inherited a quality roster in the lesser league, chances are you probably do all right. So, and that, I don't want to completely discredit Paul Weir because he hasn't coached a regular season minute of college basketball in Mexico yet. But it's it's another gamble that this athletic director well i guess ex-athletic director is going to take and we'll see if it works out this time also really quick um, we'll talk about the schedule but did, did you know his contract what did you say six hundred and fifty thousand? Uh, that was just a ballpark i i thought i saw something around that range okay just so you know um eric musselman who had been an nba coach had coached multiple locations assistant at high major programs his first not his current contract but his initial was four hundred thousand per year Oof. which New Mexico is a better job than Nevada. I would say it still is at the moment, but and partly that's why they probably paid him that much, four hundred thousand compared. But Lobos yeah. had to pay a little bit. Lobos probably could have got away. I don't know what he was making before it with the Aggies there at Las Cruces, but I bet he had to be a pay raise. So I bet he was making about five hundred thousand. So he can't go less for a perceived better job, right? So that's it's kind of ins and outs of that. And then really quick schedule because we need to wrap this up. 
so we mentioned BYU. We kind of mentioned schedule. TCU, uh, well, we, we did enough schedule, I think. Arizona, that's a big game. They got Rice, Prairie View, A&M. They have the only game that's really, really a stinker would probably be Northern New Mexico. Yeah, and that's the season opener, a chance for you to start off on a good note. Prairie View A&M's bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, they're like, yeah. like 340, 350 type bad. But So hopefully those are two wins on the schedule. I think they'll pick up a handful of wins if they're competitive against teams like Evansville, UTEP, Rice, Colorado. That, that'll be good. The expectations will be super low for their home game against Arizona because Wildcats are probably top two, top three in the country. And then also they could play Maryland in that um, tournament out in uh, the was it the Emerald Coast Classic out in Florida. So they get TCU. That'd, that'd be a solid matchup. They get TCU and then they play either Maryland and even State Bonaventure in A10. They're usually pretty good. Any uh, parting shots we mention for the Lobos? Um, prediction, I guess. Are they going to any tournament this year? I don't think they're going to any tournament this year postseason. I think their their season ends after their conference tournament ends. So. Next year will be a better year for this for this team and Paul Weir once he once he gets his feet wet in this program and gets Vance Jackson eligible and once he gets Jaquan Lyle eligible, this team will start to rise. As long as New Mexico fans are patient, which we'll we'll see if that happens. But if they're patient, with, if they're patient with this team, if they can see the direction that Paul Weir is headed, I think everything will work out for these guys. So are they going to finish five hundred on the year? Overall win loss or conference win loss? Overall. I think they'll finish below 500. Ooh. So that's good, probably guaranteed no tournament no matter what, right? Yeah, I would I would I let's see they'll probably play what 30 games, 30, yeah, about 30 games. I don't know. I think they'll probably finish maybe four, five conference wins. Is that is that reasonable? So where would that put them cuz last year let me pull this up really quick. New Mexico or not New Mexico um UNLV and Air Force finished tied for last. Did they have seven wins in conference play, or were they four? Four. Oh. I'm just kind of curious. Let me look real quick. They still have. Okay, uh, UNLV had four. Air Force had four. So San Jose State and Utah State both had seven. So if they're about six, that probably be maybe ninth. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Six, seven wins would probably get them about ninth. Whew. All right. Well, that's a little bit for you. Sorry, folks. Next year, I think I, I do. I, I I think we both agree this is a pretty good job. Like out on the West Coast. Like, in the conference, it's probably the number three job. Do you, Would you still say that behind Aztecs and Rebels? Yeah, I would say so. And then Pac-12 probably mm-hmm. only behind, like, what, the top half? Like, I would say New Mexico, Utah's been pretty I'd say it's right behind Utah as a job. I would think so. Because yeah. Utah's been I agree with that. Eh, not great. It's been, been a while. But, like, UCLA, USC, uh, depend, depending on what you're saying, Stanford, not better than uh, Gonzaga. Would you say St. Mary's, maybe? Lower than them, kinda. I would say lower. A little bit. Oh, you would. Okay, a little bit lower. Okay, it's probably top fifteen mm-hmm. job out west. So that's about. I think that's fair to say. That's probably, yeah, it's it's not a bad job. So yeah, so you stay. He's probably just joking around, but I don't know. He's never had. Maybe you stay. You need some green chili. Maybe he's never had that when he's in the town. That's got to be. <laughs> come on, man. Try the food there. You got to do something. <laughs> that's some magic medicine out there in Albuquerque. Exactly. Check out that. So that's all we got for this show. Um. We extended it longer for you, so hey, have fun, Lobos fans. We didn't, um, weren't too down on your team, so there's that. I apologize, <laughs> apologize if we were sort of, but we tell it like it is because you know how we say. But MWR.com, check us out. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, and I guess if you Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, whatever your podcast of choice, thank you. And as we always say, give us a review, tell a friend, retweet. Hey, even if you don't like it, 
if you think we're the worst people in the world, we don't know what we're talking about. You hate whatever take we said. Retweet the podcast and tell quote tweet of what you hate about it and tell your friends to uh, listen to how we're terrible. I you know I think we still average a five star rating on podcasts. I don't want to jinx it, but I think Ooh. that's still true. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be that'd be nice. So. You know, by the time yeah, by the time readers leave this or excuse me, listeners listen to this, I imagine that that might change because people you know just for the sake of sake of being silly, they like to do that. But hopefully, we hold on to that streak. Should we tag Lobo Lair in the podcast? See what they say. They can, yeah, they kind of like us sometimes. Yeah, they listen. they're a good group. Usually they're they're yeah they're good they're usually they're more reasonable than others for the most part but they're also oh fans, definitely so. yeah but that's our show for today so yeah again mwr.com this Lobo's uh, preview will have uh, San Diego State UNLV we already have a bunch in the in the can we're going alphabetical order so whatever team comes before the alphabet of this one it's already done whatever's not it's upcoming or look for it down the road in our podcast feed but <laughs> thanks for listening and yes that friends Eli Betker there knowing more hoops than me um, yeah we're biased to your team. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.